and welcome to Turtle Tracks Podcast. This is your host, Brian Van Hooker, and I'm here with Chris Yost, uh, a great screenwriter of a couple of MCU movies, including my favorite, Thor Ragnarok, and uh, a bunch of other cartoons and comic books. Um, but for today, we're going to talk to him about his uh, multiple contributions to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, including being a writer for the 2003 series, writing an episode of the 2012 series, and he is the co-showrunner for the upcoming Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series. Chris, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. I'm uh, I'm always happy to talk some turtles. Yeah, I mean, I guess to start with that, uh, I would love to hear about, like, prior to writing any turtles or anything, what was your familiarity with turtles uh, when you were younger? Oh, I knew them. You know, like, I, I didn't... I started with the cartoon back in the, the late 80s, you know, but I, I then later got into the comic book. And, you know, like, I I was a fan. But, you know, like, I, I loved the show. Oh, I love the guys like i i was always a turtle fan did but you it never occurred to me that i'd ever get to like you know write them like that's sure. yeah you, you generally don't think about that kind of thing but uh, but yeah i always knew them and i i was always a fan nice well, did you have like a particular favorite like were you more of a comic book guy or more of a uh cartoon guy or anything you know, I, I think, you know, again, like the, the 80s cartoon, as much as I loved it, definitely like, you know, was uh, a little broader, you know, like I, I think that, you know, as as I aged up, you know, like the comic book was was more of the thing. And then, you know, like the 2003 series kind of hit that sweet spot oh, between yeah. the two where it wasn't quite as Dark Knight Returns, but, you know, it wasn't quite the 80s cartoon either. It was more of a, a superhero take on it. Yeah, and uh, speaking of which, you know, that was the first show you uh, wrote for, for Turtles. Uh, how did you end up getting a chance to uh, write for it? Uh, I had just broken into animation writing, um, and I'd done a couple of episodes of a series called X-Men Evolution. Good show. I like that show. And, and then, yeah, I, I love that show. Um, and the story editor on that show, Greg Johnson, had given my name to the story editor on Turtles, a guy by the name of Mike Ryan, uh, who's a great guy and I've worked with many times. But Mike Ryan called me up out of the blue and he's like, hey, we'd love to have you come on board. And uh, at that point, like I was thinking about uh, basically, you know, hanging it up and moving back to Michigan from Los Angeles because I oh, wow. I'd done a few episodes, but, you know, like it, there was... That's the thing. It's like it always seems, you know, everyone always says how hard it is to break into the business. And it is. Um, so I, I've done a handful of episodes and I'm like, oh, this is easy. But uh, then I went like almost like nine months, you know, without any work. And, you know, at the last minute, literally before I was going to move home, I uh, got this call from Mike Ryan on Turtles. And I ended up doing like 17 episodes of Turtles in a row over three different seasons, I think. Oh wow! So oh, so it's, uh, well, yeah, like, he wasn't like a one thing like, and then oh, so it was. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and like I, I worked with Mike and a guy named Lloyd Goldvine over there. Uh, the show was on something called Four Kids, which I don't know if it was a network or programming block or what, but but yeah, like they they seemed to like me and like what I was doing, and yeah, and I had a great time working on that show. The um, I'm curious about how like you would. So when you the show started, were you watching that show actively? Did you know that turtle show, or was it like you had to get caught up to date on who these turtles are? I, I had to get caught up a little bit. Like obviously, I knew the tur turtles, but I, I hadn't watched. I'd seen a few episodes here and there, but I, I didn't know it inside and out, which I I later went back and did. But 
you know, they were doing stuff I wasn't familiar with, like Battle Nexus and stuff like that. You know, like they, um, and then I came on board kind of at the end of of the third season, I, if I recall correctly. And it was, it was this great episode where the turtles got split up in like different like dimensions. And I think I wrote like a, a Mikey in a superhero dimension and like Leonardo, um, I, I have to write Isaki Ojimbo. Uh, it was fantastic, you know, but it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily, uh, right out of the comic book. I did later, like, you know, other stories like cousin Sid, you know, where they go out to the farmhouse and stuff like that. But, um, it was awesome because like, it was like a whole lot of different genres. I mean, that's the great thing about turtles is that they can kind of cover anything. You can tell any kind of story with them. And I got to tell a lot of different stories in that series. You, you know, digging into a few, I don't, I, I revisit a few of those episodes. I, I wouldn't mind digging in a little bit uh, for like the one with the superheroes. If you recall, if not, it's fine. It's been a while. Um, did you like, do you remember if you got to like choose the powers and all that stuff from the turtles? Like, were you able to have that level of like freedom with it? You know, it was really a combination of like uh, Mike Ryan, myself and Lloyd Goldfine and, and Peter Laird, I think actually was still giving notes at that point. Um, but you know, like there was, it was, uh, like the, the superhero characters that Mikey ran into, I think it was called justice force. And, but you know, some of them were like pre-established characters. I don't know that I did a lot of invention, you know, with some of those characters, but, sure. and again, like Usagi or Jumbo and, and Jen, like, you know, like they, they were existing characters, obviously. Um, but you know, like it was just me being able to pay, kind of play in those sandboxes and, you know, hopefully do all those things justice. I remember loving because I was watching these in high school, like covertly, right? Like, <laughs> um, but I was loving those Usagi stories, um, like because I don't. I, I it's one of those characters I have a lot of affection for, but I've never gotten a chance to dig into the um, the comics all the way. I, I like them, but I've never gotten like I've always wanted to start from the beginning and do that. Like, were you super familiar with Usagi before that? You know, again, like I, I knew the character, but like I didn't know like the lore, you know, sure. and like I, I, you know, like I pitched my episode and I, the note we got back was from Stan directly. He's like, uh, yeah, that's kind of like the overall arc of my entire series. So I'd prefer if you didn't blow through <laughs> it in one episode. I'm like, oh, I can respect that. Um, sure. I later met Stan at a convention. I went up and introduce myself and you know just thank them for for creating you know such great characters and such great stories and but it was kind of funny like uh but i you know again like i i certainly know him now uh it's it's a fantastic thing that he's done oh yeah that's so cool look all these guys i mean like you know the creator owned market is a tough tough place you know and for them oh. to create these characters that have lasted for so many years is an incredible feat I mean, it's amazing that he's held on, right? Like that he's still doing it. It's, it's so it, he's such a like he's so impressive that guy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's like you know, find something you love and do it forever. Like I'm a big believer in that. Like it's, I I myself have tried my hand at comic books a, a handful of times, and you know, like it's not it's not an easy gig, but it's it's you know we all do it because we love it. Sure. The um. You also got a chance to write the character Bishop in quite a few episodes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, at the end, like I was kind of like the, the go-to Asian Bishop guy. Like I did a lot of Bishop, a lot of alien stuff, a lot of earth protection force. So it was, 
Uh, Bishop was a fun character and kind of like digging in his backstory and like, you know, finding out like the truth about him and the alien abductions and all that stuff. It was, it was, yeah, he was a fun character. You also did um, a couple of episodes called Return of Savanti, which was like more directly based on one of the old issues of the comic where the turtles go back in time and there's dinosaurs and all this other stuff. I don't know if you remember, like, if you were like directly trying to adapt the comic for that or. For sure. A hundred percent. You know, like I wanted it to be a direct adaptation and, you know, to be able to play with a time travel, which I always love and sure. Renette and, and Savanti Romero, like it was, uh, it was a blast. And yeah, like I just went directly to the comic book for it. Like at the end of the day, like, you know, like I work on a lot of IP. I work on a lot of Marvel and Star Wars and Turtles and all this stuff. And, you know, my job is really just to bring it to life. You know, like at the end of the day, you know, like I, all this stuff has lasted so long because it works, you know? So like, I, I really want to just like be protective of the IP to the extent that I can. And, you know, really try to show a new audience, you know, what I love about that, you know? So, like, that one didn't require a super ton of invention. Like, obviously, things change here and there. But, you know, the hope is to kind of just bring it to life. Turtles and dinosaurs is always a fun combination, too. Like... Always, always fun. Yeah. I, I remember some, like, early, like, drawings or paintings by um, Michael Dooney from, like, way back in the day of turtles and dinosaur shit and i was like how much i like marveled at those well and that's again like to, to go back to it like that's the great thing you can send the turtles to space you can send the turtles back in time you know like you can like have them fighting ninjas in the sewers like it's just such an incredible property because you can literally do anything with it because what you care about the most is those four brothers and their personalities and that family and and everything else is just like one more thing they have to deal with. Now, were you like a staff writer on that show, or was it like free? Like, how did how, how, like what was your official position there? I'm just freelance writer. You know, <laughs> like I would, they would just keep giving me episodes, and I'd keep writing them. Uh, and then for like the, the 2012 series, like I just did one of those, right? Because I loved that show. So good. And then, uh, and I knew Ciro and Brandon Allman who worked on it. And then for the one that we're doing now, Tales, like, yeah, this is the first one I've actually had a more producer, you know, like, uh, position in. You know, here's a question for you. Having now written for three different versions of the Turtles, was there ever any trouble with keeping the versions straight? Because they're all distinctly different. Or, like, I don't know if that makes sense, but... No, I mean, I, again, like, you know, you go back to those core personalities and they they hold up. You know, like the turtles are pretty recognizable across the shows, but yeah. just like the general tone of the show, you know, is different. You know, like 2003, you know, like is not more serious, but I mean, like it definitely like is more, I always called it like the superhero, you know, edition, you know, whereas uh, 2012 was more sci-fi and horror because that's what Sierra and Yelly loved and, and a lot of fun. You know, and then, um, and then Tails, you know, really leans into the teenager of it all. Like mm. Seth Rogen and Mutant Mayhem, you know, like it's a super fun movie, but like it really treats the kids like kids. And like it's, you know, like it's been a lot of fun to kind of do that. 
you know, bouncing back to the 2003 show, you had done uh, a good chunk of episodes in the Ninja Tribunal season, um, season five. Uh, I'm curious about that, like, because um, you guys had done a ton of work on that, and then it was like they skipped the season. So I'm curious. Yeah, like, didn't they do the didn't yeah. they do the fast forward thing? Yeah, because I guess they made that and fast forward and season six simultaneously, or, or pretty close back to back to each other. So like. They skipped season I think, five and then put it on DVD much later. I think we wrote season five though before fast forward. If I, I and again I could be remembering this wrong. That sounds but like right. I, yeah. there there was no break for me between season four and season five. Okay, sure. And then like you know like it just ended up, you know like you know being put on hold while they went and pivoted to fast forward. And then later, yeah, it came out on DVD. I got the DVD in my office right now. Yeah, that was. I remember that being like. I was talking to uh, Roy Burdine and how frustrating he how frustrated he was by the fact that like, like they they'd done all this work and there was a, like a serious fear that it would just never see the light of day for a little while there. Yeah, which is always amazing, like that yeah. such a thing can happen because I mean you got like produced shows, like why not put it out there? And, and you know eventually they did. Yeah, but in the moment, like I think I, at that point. You know, again, like, you know, the time between writing it and it actually getting made is substantial in animation. So I had already moved on at that point to, I, I think, like a Fantastic Four show or an Iron Man show. So, were like, you, I didn't know what was happening until much later. Sure. Were you, uh, like, I was going to ask what, if you, like, why you weren't a part of the Fast Forward. Was it just like another thing came along or? Yeah, I think uh, at that point Marvel had called and offered me my own show and... I took him up on. Sure. You know what the you were saying how like turtles can bounce around every genre like time travel and obviously uh, Ninja Tribunal was more kind of magic and mysticism. Is there like a favorite space for you for those kind of genres? Oh, gosh. I. I don't know, man. That's a great question. I love it all. But um, if I had to pick a favorite, you know, like I think the 2012 Krang stuff was always like super fun. You know, like I, I think that, you know, those things colliding is almost like, you know, one of my favorite things. Um, you know, like Shredder wanting to kill the turtles, but also having to deal with like aliens, like it's a pretty fun obstacle. Sure. Uh, I think that, you know, again, the origins of the ooze, like that's so intrinsic to the turtles. I think that's usually my, one of my favorite aspects of that is them, you know, kind of protecting the world from other mutants and trying to keep the ooze contained and that kind of thing. Almost as like, you know, like the, the X-Men of the weird mutant ooze world. Yeah, there are occasional parallels between those two bands of mutants, for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, again, like, it's fun. You know, they're heroes, they're core, and they want to protect mutants, but they want to protect humans. They, they're they always trying to do the right thing. Yeah. That, I, I just rewatched that that 2012 episode you wrote. So uh, just to be clear, the episode of 2012 show you watched was Wrath of Tiger Claw, which Tiger Claw comes back after seemingly dying in the Turtles crossover. He comes back, and, and it's a big episode for him and Karai, um, I don't know if you want to talk about those characters, but both of them were really great in that show. Karai was a totally new thing, and, and Tiger Claw obviously was an original character, but a very good one. Yeah, I mean, again, like, I, I love Tiger Claw. Like, I 
Yeah. And it's like, how are we doing this? Then he gets mauled by a big worm, you know, but uh, he's such a great character because, like, he's largely unbeatable. Like, you know, like, the turtles can't beat him. And, like, yeah. they tried their best, but they failed, you know? And uh, the Cry character in that series is fantastic because, you know, she was such a fun character. She played both sides. Like, you know, like, there's always something between her and Leo, but, you know, like, she always, uh, you know, had this torn loyalty between her father and who she would discover to be her actual father. But, uh, you know, for her to kind of, like, realize her mistake in that episode, you know, and, and you know, get kind of bit by her own actions in it, you know, like, it was a, it was a great, juicy, dramatic episode to write. Yeah, that's one of the best ones. Like, she had a bunch of good episodes, but that was one of, like, the key ones for her. Such a great Yeah, like, I mean, I think more or less, like, planning to betray the turtles and then realizing, you know, what she had done. Like, coming face-to-face with Splinter and just, like, the realization sinking in. Like, they, and again, like, I was just, like, a writer for hire on that one. Like, they set up all this stuff so well, but it was really great to write. That whole twist of Karai being Splinter's daughter, I thought, was such a great take on the character. It was so, it, like, gave it gave Splinter so much, it gave Karai so much more. Like, there was so much like, really good story that came out of that. Yeah, it's super Shakespearean. Like, it just, like, has so much, like, depth to it and pain and, like, you know, betrayal. And it, it was really, like, well-crafted. You know, um, obviously, I know you can't reveal much about the new show, but I would love to talk a little bit about um, when you uh, uh, found out about that. Like, were, were you aware? How much, like, I guess my question is, how far along was the the you know, Jeff Rose movie when um, you started to get involved in the, the new cartoon? Uh, you know, I think I was working for Paramount on an animated feature called Tiger's Apprentice. And uh, at that point, you know, the executive from Paramount, you know, brought it up to me and said, hey, you know, we're doing this movie, uh, Seth Rogen, Jeff Rowe, uh, Evan Goldberg, like we're all super excited about it. And we want to do a companion series, you know, to go with it. Uh, the movie was at what they call animatic stage, and they had just started actual animation. And, you know, I was I was able to meet with Seth and Evan, and I was able to see, like, an early cut of the movie, like a very early cut of it, and just started kind of, like, going back and forth with ideas, you know, like what this show could be. And, you know, we went through a different, you know, a few iterations of, of the big idea for the show, and then finally landed on something pretty exciting, and and here we are. Uh, which I, is which is about all I can say. That's that's more than fine. Um, I, I appreciate that much. Thank you. Um, the uh, you, and I'm assuming you've seen the finished product of the movie. Oh yeah, several several times. What were your yeah? yeah it's like you know, like it's it's a fantastic movie. And again, like really as good. I said before, like not only is it like you know like gorgeous to look at, not only is the animation fun and stunning and. You know, like the the actor brings so much to it, but I mean, like what I love about it is that those kids really feel like kids. You know, like the cast is fantastic because they are teenagers. You know, like I mean, I think that it's uh, it, it really pushes like the the feeling of of teen more than anything. And they, you know, like it's a very grounded take on them as characters, and it it's very successful. I I, I loved it. It's funny, you kind of take that for granted, the idea that they're teenagers. At least I did. 
until you see that movie and you're like, oh, wow, how much of a difference it makes when they're actually played by kids. Like, it makes so much difference. Yeah, and again, like, the interaction between those four actors, like, you know, like, really brought it to life. And I mean, like, you know, the great thing about the movie is, like, they just wanted to go to school. They just wanted to feel normal, which is about, you know, like, the most, you know, feeling like, you want to fit in, you want to be normal, you want to have friends. Like, it doesn't get more universal than that. Um, let's see what else I want to ask you about. You know, uh, is there any particular, like, um, moments or anything from the new movie that you, like, I don't know, that, that have informed anything from for the show? Or is that too much? I don't know if that's too much to ask. <laughs> Well, you know, again, like the movie is really like, you know, the touchstone for everything we do. Like we're always chasing like that vibe and that feel. And, you know, like the, when you tune into the show, like it's going to definitely have its its things that it can own. But, you know, largely we are, we are, you know, like chasing the movie, you know, like this is like, you know, like if you enjoyed the movie, you're going to like this. You know, in general terms, I'm always curious about like something that's in the canon, but like between movie one and movie two. Like if that's um, or between two, whatever. And, and, and I'm I'm sure it's similar with some of the Marvel stuff that you've done. Um, like, is it restricting to kind of stay in a certain space, or can you like? Is that I don't know. Is that part of the the fun challenge? I'm curious about having to work within certain parameters and knowing that you you kind of can't touch on certain parts of it. I'm I'm assuming. Uh, you know, like it's no different than any other kind of like Star Wars or Marvel thing that I've done. You know, like there's always there's always there's always ways to tell fun, creative stories. Sure. You know, um, my last question for you, if you don't mind, is uh, who? And I ask this of everybody: is who's your favorite turtle? Leonardo. Why is that? I oh, I always love the leaders. I always love the the characters that kind of like shoulder the burden of that responsibility. Was Give me uh, a good psych, a good Cyclops, or a Mister Fantastic, or a Leonardo, and any day of the week. Yeah. I was going to ask you, it's like, it was Cyclops your worst when you're doing all the X-Men stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I yeah, think- you know, whether it's, you know, just, you know, being a dad or or what, you know, like, you know, like, I always appreciate it. Like, you know, like seeing that the other guys can have fun or be Berserk or Wolverines or, you know, joking Mikeys and Raps. Like, it, you know, but somebody has to be the responsible one. And I, I always connected with that. I feel like that's one thing that got this movie, the new movie, really interesting. Was like, I feel like maybe not like he's always like, I don't know how to say this. Like, I feel like Leonardo was the easiest character to accidentally do boring, right? Like, and the fact that the new movie, I would say, is more Leo's movie than anybody else's a little bit. I feel like, and they handled him so well, and he's like, they, he still feels like a kid, but he's the more responsible one. And all that. Like, I feel like they, the, it was such a smart, cool move to have Leo be the head of this movie in a way I feel like no prior movie had done. Yeah, I mean, like, it's always, it is easy to make Leonardo boring and lame. And, like, you know, the one that's just kind of like the stick in the mud. But, I mean, like, you know, like, he definitely, like, in seeing April, like, he definitely makes choices. I mean, definitely, like, you know, goes outside his comfort zone, and that's always the best kind of storytelling. The move of having him have a crush on April is so like I thought it was such a clever story device in this like without that Leo never would have gone along with their plan like it's just good 
a smart way for that character to kind of stretch out a little bit. Otherwise, I don't think I think the whole movie wouldn't have worked if not for that. Yeah, I think it was like a, a linchpin thing in the movie. Like it, it really was. It's like you know the uh, the relationship between all the turtles in April, but specifically Leo in April was huge. So yeah, I, I concur. I agree. You know, I think I'm set here. Uh, honestly, I just appreciate talking to you, and thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Oh yeah, no problem, man. Uh, yeah, like once the show comes out, we should do it again, and we can oh, talk gosh, yeah. with uh with a little more detail <laughs> i would love that that was, that sounds fantastic i'll take you up on that for sure awesome dude well my pleasure and yeah let's let's keep it in touch all Good right we'll talk soon thank you bye, bye. Shop for Shredder!